Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are studying the life of Jesus, and we have paid particular attention to the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, we can look at this as a principle or the principles of the kingdom of God, the things that the Lord Jesus has laid out for us, not just in the time frame that he was speaking and preaching this sermon, but in our day too. That's the remarkable thing about the word of God is it was true back then, but it is also true for us today. And so the Sermon on the Mount, we need to pay particular attention to because uh, this is to be the life that we live now and the life that we will live in the kingdom during the millennial reign and on uh, to eternity. So we have talked about almsgiving and we have talked about prayer. And now we're going to be talking about fasting. And so actually we are in Matthew chapter six and we can break this chapter into three parts First, our devotional life. Secondly, our separated life. And then thirdly, uh, our consecrated life. And so I've entitled this uh, session today, uh, Building a Life for a Heavenly Reward. And that is what we are intending to do in our devotional life. So we'll begin and Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, but let's stop and have a word of prayer first. Father in heaven, we bless you. Oh, we bless you today, Father. We thank you for the Spirit of God that communicates to us, that we can commune with you through the Spirit. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for loving us and saving us and giving a place giving us a place in your heavenly kingdom. So, Lord, uh, we ask you now for accuracy, both in the teaching of the word of God and in the hearing and in the discerning of the word of God. And we give you all the praise, honor and glory. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. We are in Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse 16. Notice Jesus says, moreover, when you fast, do not be as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men. That's important. That they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now notice Jesus says, when you fast. Now that is a subjunctive. Uh, and of course, the more modern translation says, whenever you fast. The important point is that we are to fast, just like we are to give alms, just like we are to pray, we are also to fast. We need to set aside certain times of fasting. Intermittent fasting is an excellent type of fast. As long as we're not just fasting to lose weight, but we are fasting for discipline, and we also are to fast to give ourselves extra time uh, to pray. That is really what a spiritual fast is. And Okay, so Jesus says, and when you fast... Uh, like I said, just like in giving of alms and in prayer, uh, we fast, which means that we are to abstain from food or abstain from drink to set aside time to pray, to draw closer to God or to humble ourselves before him. 
And we do it as a spiritual exercise, not as a duty, but as something that uh, we do uh, to draw ourselves uh, closer to God by improving our spiritual instincts. And that's very important because fasting, what fasting does is it uh, denies the body the things that it wants and we consecrate and concentrate ourselves on more spiritual things, things that have a greater benefit. And so what we're talking about in almsgiving and in praying and in fasting, we're talking about building a life for a heavenly reward. We're, we're marching towards uh, eternity. And so when we get into eternity, we want to have already built a life of reward so that we can enter into uh, the joy of the Lord. Amen. Now, back in verse 16, Jesus said that when we fast, we're not to be as the hypocrites are of a sad countenance. In other words, uh, they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily, Jesus says, verily, I say to you that they have their reward. Now, the word fast in this sense is the uh, Greek word nestuo. It's the present active subjunctive of nestuo. And it basically means that uh, it's dependent upon you and it's dependent upon me when to fast. Now, Jesus says you are to fast, but he doesn't lay us down any particular specifics concerning fasting. Uh, intermittent fasting is a great way, a 24-hour fast. Um, something I do, well, we won't mention that, but, uh, you know, just uh, bypassing the evening meal uh, and spending that time fasting, drawing near to God is an excellent way to fast. There are those that fast for three days. All of that's biblical. 24-hour fast is biblical. And, of course, we know that Jesus went on a 40-day fast, and it was a supernatural fast, a fast that he did to prepare himself for the ministry that he was getting ready to enjoin. And so uh, Jesus goes on and he says here in verse 17, But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Now notice verse 18, that you appear not unto men to fast. Now, Jesus is talking about the hypocrites. They appear unto men to fast. Jesus says that we arrange our life in such a way that we appear not unto men to fast. And so what Jesus is talking about here and what we're looking at is we're looking at the secret life. The secret life of communion and devotion to God without men or women knowing about it. There are certain things that we enjoin in private life that are sacred, and they're not to be talked about. They're not to be blabbed about. And I find in Christian life, too much of the time, when we speak to others, we speak to the others in the first person, I, 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 when actually... We're not important. The person that is the most important is the Lord Jesus. And our conversation should be based upon him and not upon us. So it's okay to mention that we're on a fast if we have to. 
But it is hypocritical for us to project ourselves in fasting to try to communicate to others that we are of a superior nature. We're not. Fasting is a means of afflicting ourselves. It's also a means of drawing ourselves closer to him. And all of this takes place in our secret place, in our closet, so to speak, our prayer closet. Well, we also have a fasting closet where we do these things. We don't blow the trumpet. We don't we don't let everybody know what we're doing. Uh, there are times where we have to communicate to people that we are on a fast, but we do that only as a last resort. Now, as I said earlier, the Lord Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. But also remember that he was all alone in the desert. He didn't tell people what he was doing. He didn't come down from the mountain and, you know, and, and talk to people and tell people that, well, you know, I'm on a 40 day fast, so I'm, you're not going to see me for a while. No, he didn't communicate that to anyone. There's only three people that knew he was fasting. That was God, the father. That was the devil. And that was himself, the Lord Jesus. And so we have to understand that this type of 40 day fasting, 40 days and 40 nights was a type of fast that so burdened the body of the Lord Jesus that when he ended his 40 day fast, that angels had to come and minister to him. And when I say minister to him, I'm talking about they had to come and minister to him physically. Amen. To get him to the place to where uh, he was able to continue on. So. This is why I'd never recommend anybody going on a 40 day fast unless it's a direct command from the Lord himself. And if that is true, then God will give you the strength, the spiritual strength to do that. Amen. But the point is this. We are to live a fasted life. Amen. So before we go on. Let's just go ahead and and, uh, summarize what we've learned about our devotional life. First of all, our devotional life concerns almsgiving, giving to the poor. And of course, the Greek word for alms is the Greek word elemon. And actually, the word means sympathy. It means to sympathize with someone to the point of compassion where you want to help benefit uh, that person. And of course, this word specifically speaks of giving to the poor. This is something that we are to do on a regular basis. Now, I know we tithe to churches, uh, our home church specifically, and I know over and above our tithe we give. And But we should be giving to uh, programs and organizations that give to the poor and actually Uh, That is the easiest thing that we can do is give money. Uh, I think also that part of our Christian duty is to participate in giving uh, out food to the poor and helping the poor. Amen. I think that's a tremendous ministry of the church today. Now, there is uh, one particular translation that uh, interprets alms as righteousness, doing works of righteousness being merciful towards the poor. And I think that's very important. That is a work of righteousness. Amen. Now, we're not saved by works. We're saved by faith. But faith has got to have works. It's got to have corresponding action. Uh, 
And if God has touched us with his love, then we're naturally going to be compassionate towards others. As a matter of fact, I have to rebuke myself at times when I'm parked at a red light and there are people outside with a a cardboard that says homeless, help, things of that nature. And of course, you know, these people are always suspect. You, You wonder why they would rather be out begging for money when they could be working. But we need to also look past that to compassion and also be willing to give them a little something, but along with the money, give them a Bible tract or or some type of communication to let them know that uh, that God loves them and has a, a better plan for them than just uh, sitting by the roadside begging. So we need to be practicing these things. Amen. We need to be practicing our righteousness before men but always pointing towards God. That's exactly what John the Baptist did, didn't he? He said, I must decrease, but he must increase. So John always looked beyond himself to the one who is to come. And I think that's such a great lesson for us today, that we need to look beyond ourselves uh, to the one in whom we have to do, and that is to the Lord Jesus. You can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. It's only the Lord Jesus that can save men. And if we will direct men towards him and and men receive salvation from Christ, then we have done a notable deed. But all the glory goes to God. Amen. All right. Now, this is something that I found interesting over in Acts chapter 10. Verses 3 and 4, this is about the life of Cornelius, who was the first Gentile that uh, came to Christ. And, of course, Cornelius was praying. He was known for giving alms, and he was known for being a man of prayer. And notice it says, and he prayed to God always, and he saw in a vision about the ninth hour, that would be three in the afternoon of, of the day, an angel coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius, and he said, What is it, Lord? And the angel said to him, Your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. And the word memorial there means a remembrance. God has taken note of his devotional life. This word also means a reminder. And it also implies acts that are recorded and preserved in heaven before God. Now, if we are building a life of heavenly reward, then almsgiving, giving to the poor, is going to have to be included. And also prayer is going to have to be included. So we assume that this man Cornelius was a man who gave alms. He was a man who prayed, and he was also a man who fasted. Amen, praise God. So his devotional life was so impressive that heaven took notice of it. And here he came, the angel I'm speaking of, the angel came and told Cornelius exactly he was going to get an answer to his prayer. Now, he was praying, I'm sure, Based upon what the angel said, he was praying 
amen, out of his hunger to know God. And of course, God showed up. Any man that uh, whose heart is hungry towards God, God is going to show up on his behalf. Amen. So it's so important for us to build our life on giving. After all, that's what Jesus did when he, for God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. And of course, uh, the entire New Testament is filled with uh, passages talking about how Jesus gave himself a ransom for all. Jesus gave himself for you and he gave himself for me. Praise God. Why did he do that? Because he was in sympathy with us. That sympathy was a compassion. Amen. Uh, to benefit us and to lift us up out of sin and plant us on the rock of salvation. Praise God. And then we talked about prayer. And of course, the word Greek word prayer is is the Greek word prosuke. And it is a verb. Amen. And notice and Jesus said, when you pray, whenever you pray. And he says that uh, he doesn't tell us what time to pray, but he tells us to pray. Uh, Paul prayed in the morning. He prayed in the evening. Jesus prayed many times all night in prayer. Jesus was constantly devoted to God. Paul, the apostle, was constantly devoted to God. Amen. And then we talked about the Lord's Prayer and how that we are to pattern our prayer after the Lord's Prayer, because these are the principles of prayer and devotion to God. Amen. So Jesus expects us to pray. And those who don't pray will fall prey to the devices of the enemy. That's what this nation is headed towards, because we are mostly a nation of people who know nothing about prayer. They know nothing about the Lord Jesus. And so they just go on their merry way and uh, they're falling into the plot schemes and the devices of the devil. We see that in the world of divorce. We see that in the world of sexual immorality. We see that in the world of pride. Uh, men are filled with pride. Uh, men are God haters. All this is the plots, schemes and devices of the devil that men fall into. Why? Because uh, they are not people of prayer. So prayer is also a means of which that we are continually renewed. Without prayer, you and I will not be renewed in the things of God. We'll get very fleshly. We'll get very out of control and we'll begin to be manipulated by the elemental spirits of this age. And we, we do not want to go down that path. We need to constantly be renewed in our relationship and in our fellowship with the Almighty. As a matter of fact, Jesus said over in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 that men ought always to pray and not to faint or not to quit, or not to give up. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Paul prayed day and night. He prayed continually for the churches, for them to be built up. Amen. So men and women uh, throughout church history who were great in God were also great men and women of prayer. And I want to ask you, do you want to be considered by heaven, not by men, but by heaven, a great man or a great woman in the kingdom of God. Great in God. Do you want to be noted that? Well, if you do, then let's you and I become great men and great women in prayer. Praise God. And of course, the last part 
the third part of our devotional life uh, in building a life of heavenly reward. We've already talked about fasting. Amen. It's the um, Jesus used the present active subjunctive of nestuo, which is a verb. And of course, fasting is to be done as a means of devotion towards God. It's a means of service towards God. And of course, you know, fasting is to be enjoined when we are in dire straits and we often fast and pray as a way of humbling ourselves before God, drawing near to God for help. And also fasting is to be a companion to prayer. We are to pray and fast. Fasting strengthens prayer. Fasting also prepares ourselves to hear from God in urgent matters. Remember Jehoshaphat. When it was announced to him that was a great army coming that he knew that by force of arms he could not resist. So he put on sackcloth and ashes and he declared a three day fast. And it was in the end towards the end of that fast as he humbled himself and began to pray and to seek God for help that God answered through the prophet and basically told Jehoshaphat, this battle is not yours, it's mine. And so Jehoshaphat was so enlightened and he was so confident uh, in his God that uh, when it came time for him to meet the forces coming against him, uh, he sent out the praisers and they began to praise the Lord for his mercy. Amen. Praise God. Doesn't that make you happy? And as soon as they began praising, God sent ambushments in among the enemy and they began to fight one another. And actually, they what they did is they exterminated one another. They killed one another off. And so in the end, Jehoshaphat and the people of Israel were three days. Notice that they fasted for three days. And through this tremendous victory, they took three days to gather up the spoil. So uh, so don't uh, let anybody convince you that fasting is not important that fasting doesn't produce something, it does. Amen. So if you're praying about an issue and you're not getting an answer, you just don't sense that you're getting through, then begin to add fasting to your praying. Amen. And stay with it until the answer comes. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's our devotional life. Now, let's continue. Uh, Verses 19, 20, and 21. Notice what Jesus says here now. He says, now, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, we just talked about building a life of heavenly reward. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. Isn't it interesting how that after Jesus talked about almsgiving, how he talked about praying and he talked about fasting, then he says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So this is building a life of heavenly reward. God will reward you and I over our almsgiving. He will reward you and I over our praying, and he will reward you and I over our fasting. Amen. So these are the things we do in this life 
but the reward is carried on and received in the life to come. Amen. So when you're standing before the Lord Jesus Christ on that day, and when you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, you know what's going to come up for a memorial? It's going to be your almsgiving. It's going to be your praying. And it's going to be your fasting. If you have done these things to benefit Christ and not to benefit yourself. Amen. So your devotional life now becomes very, very, very important. So if you get so busy that you don't have time to give, you don't have time to pray, and you don't have time to fast, then uh, that's going to come before you at the judgment seat of Christ. These things we are to take care of first. I have found throughout life that these are the things that need to be done first before anything else is done. Because you and I both know that once we get busy working, we'll never get back to these things until either late at night and normally at late at night. I'm too tired to do any of this. But if we'll do the first things first, take care of the first things. Remember what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. I exhort there, therefore, first of all, amen, taking care of things that are most important first in life. And that I'm sure that we have both found out that if we'll pray first, and if we'll take care of our devotional life first, it always seems to me that I always have enough time to take care of everything else that I need to do. Amen. So once again, Jesus says, do not lay up upon earth treasures, earthly treasures. Amen. This is a plural noun. It's in an accusative case, and it means a place Treasures means a place where good and precious things are collected and stored. So where is your treasure? That's where your heart is. Whatever, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Now, if you're storing up treasures in heaven, that's where your heart is. Amen. That's what you want to do. But then, of course, uh, if we're doing that, then our devotional life is going to be uh, primary in our life. That's something that we are going to do. Amen. Praise God. And uh, now in verse 22, we're getting into the second part of uh, Matthew chapter 6, and that is a life of separation. So we've talked about in the first part, a life of devotion. The second part is going to be talking about a life of separation. And let's go ahead and read the scriptures. Notice it says, beginning in verse 22, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Amen. Notice that Jesus, he gives sight, seeing clearly the path that one has to follow. Amen. Now, the word single it speaks of having a clear eye or an eye that sees clearly. Amen. And that's one of the qualities of a devotional life. 
our eye becomes single. In other words, our sight, our spiritual sight, we call it this way, the eyes of our understanding become very clear and we begin to see things the way God wants us to see them. And I think that's very, very important. Amen. But we're going to have to end this session and we'll pick up right here in Matthew six twenty-two, uh, our next session. But let's go ahead and pray. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We trust in the living God. Hallelujah. Who always, always blesses our life as we give our life to you. So, Father, we trust in the word of God that's been taught. We trust in the word that's being preached. And know, Father, we receive by faith and we will bear much fruit. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.